How I can benefit from Internet of Things Part 1, Future with Internet of Things I find Internet of Things enjoyable because of its nature and ability to play with real-world phenomena. I have heard many craftsmen saying, it's enjoyable to see the progress and physical outcomes you have created by your own hands. I feel similarly. I'm building real devices, not only a code. When solving problems with IoT, you need to take care of not only the device you are building, but also context. Internet of Things is not just a device. It contains five layers such as, data, thing, user, application and security. These five layers are the basic building blocks for IoT solutions. You can't solve problems with IoT using one or two layers, or you end up failing big time. For me, IoT is all about measuring and controlling real-world phenomena, where measured values are converted into digital format. What is more difficult for IoT is to find out what real-life phenomena you should measure. For example, smart mug for coffee drinkers have a great idea about powering mug using thermal energy. Would it be possible to boil the water in a mug? which physical, or chemical properties and measurements you would use. One of the hardest part with robotics and IoT are the batteries. If you need to charge your device once every hour, or once a day, it certainly affects how and where you can use the device. With that said, IoT devices can be categorized as mini computers and microcontrollers. When you need lightweight or low power devices, you go with microcontrollers. If you need to stream any data, or you were either using continuous power, or you don't have to care battery, you might want to go with mini computers. Here's my definitions for mini computers and microcontrollers. IoT mini computers also known as single board computers, size of the credit cards are as powerful, as the ones used in year 2000, as desktop computers, but now containing operating systems and analog or digital input output ports for sensors. Think about device with Android 4.4 operating system, 2G or 3G connectivity and touchscreen, such as Orange Pi. Is it a phone, or IoT device? IoT microcontrollers also known as single board microcontrollers, are size half of the credit cards, or even smaller, such as Particle Photon. Those small boards contain sensor connectivity, I.O. pins, and messaging capabilities through networks such as Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, 2G, 3G, 4G and so on. I think IoT is such a hot topic because of easy connectivity and usability. If you know, how to connect your mobile phone with Bluetooth headset, or you know how to establish Wi-Fi connection, you're good to go, but question is, why should you and what benefit those brings to you or your business? Yesterday, in frosty winter, having minus 10 Celsius degrees, I was driving back home. For some reason, I decided to play with the IoT device I had. First, I tested how heating affect to air quality. I added more heating in car. I notice it will affect but not as much than I could think at the first place. Maybe, because I recently changed the air filter. I continued driving. Couple hours again I got an idea. I opened driver's window when driving 80 km per hour in minus 10 degrees weather. Chilly wind was blowing. When I saw the values, I got amazed. I repeated test three times. Two of the times I let the sensor be in place behind the windshield, but on third time, last time, I moved it near to the open window. More closer to the open window I set the sensor, worse in values I got. I even closed automated air condition to make sure it doesn't affect the values. If you don't know carbon oxide with value 8000 parts per million means, I'll tell you. That kind of air is even worse, than someone would blow cigarette smoke straight to your face. Now you might ask, what benefit you find with that, well, I learned don't drive windows open in chilly winter time, 
And if you do, don't drive fast. I'm pretty sure it's better to keep your head inside the moving vehicle. No matter what industry or business you are in, these little devices connected to real-world things will affect you and your business sooner or later. For example, single network-enabled device with temperature sensor can tell us a lot about human behavior when you embed it into things you use your daily life. It can tell how often, and how you use things. Measuring electronically physical properties is no-brainer, but finding behavioral patterns and anomalies from data makes it so interesting. IoT hype exists, because of easy connectivity and usability of devices. Programming is nowadays general knowledge to be known. Even governments encourage kids to learn programming. Recently, I read the article about useless consumer devices, a toys, which makes the IoT looks like a joke because of missing security. I can understand if kids play and build toys without it, because learning must be fun. I'm not saying that trying to find security holes wouldn't be fun. It's just how we educate those kids. Kids know if we aren't interested. When playing, it can be left out on purpose just to see what will happen without it. When companies build and sell toys, they should take care of all the IoT layers, or maybe they just want to be playful too. Guess how kids were learning electronics on early 90s? They built toys. Maybe it was easier back then. There were no cyber attacks, well, not even the internet. Users were worried if self-built toys like ACDC converters could set houses on fire. Soon we will have a whole generation of young adults who know some about programming. Finally, we can have employees at age 20, having 10 years of programming experience in 2025, if not earlier. This makes me wonder, have all youngsters updated their CVs? Digitalization is the fourth industry revolution. It might sound scary for old farts like me. Level of automation increase and some jobs will disappear. But why should you worry, especially, if you really are ready to learn new skills? Learning skills, what you can use by your own is always beneficial. Think about doctors, consultants, programmers, or lawyers. Are they getting paid reasonable well? They are working using their brain capacity, a knowledge they have. They can work independently most of the time, and they can work almost wherever they want. If you can work most of the time independently, you should take fully responsibility of the results you do or don't. If you suck, look at the mirror. If you need to learn or update your skills, you are the one to do that. In 1996, there was a class of people who studied computer engineering. Nokia was a big phenomenon on that time, and even bigger when they graduated four years later. Big companies tried to recruit as many computer engineers as they could. That time, everyone graduated get a job. I remember how amazed I was back then, when the whole class decided not to work in big organizations. When I asked some of them why they did it, answer was clear, they didn't want to be sucked into the crowd. With the knowledge we have now, I'm pretty sure they did a good decision. I watched once again Harvard University, CS50, training about Internet of Things and what's next. In this video, James Whitaker is thinking about future. When infrastructure, storage, communication and networks are free, there is no advantage to the big conglomerates anymore. Think about Amazon or Google. Storage for data is almost free. With AWS IoT Core pricing, you pay about $1 per million messages. In Finland, you could send a message to each citizen which would cost you only about $6 to $7. Maybe the next decade will be the decade of the individualists? Based on Guardian article in 2015, technology has created more jobs than it has destroyed during the last 140 years. I believe, growing complexity of technologies and increasing number of solutions make sure techies have work to do if they are willing to learn something new. Have you read, 
how we don't have enough skilled programmers in Finland. Although we can make simpler solutions for use, underlying technology may not be the simplest to learn. Think about AI. Mostly it's just a code. It might be easy to use, but how about developing things like algorithms? When things are getting smarter and more automated, we need to start thinking what we allow machines to control. Can it design and build electronics? Can it develop, install and run software autonomously based on demand? I'm pretty sure somewhere in the world someone is already thinking how to build this, maybe even done it. And yeah I know. I may have watched Matrix movie one time too many. As Gartner predicted in 2018, there will be 7 billion IoT devices in customer business, and 4 billion devices in business to business. In 2020, predicted grow is about 54%. Because customer business market size is almost twice as in business to business, many microchip manufacturers seem now to focus on customer business. If you think about IoT, what was our definition for it? Easiness of devices usability and connectivity. Manufacturers are using same method, enabling easier use for their microchips. They also build on IoT development kits, communities and platforms making sure users will be locked up to their platforms. This can make IoT development even more challenging. Should you build your own umbrella platform above all those platforms you're locked up? IoT has become a marketing channel for microchip manufacturers. For developers it's tempted to think you can add development kits to your devices like a Lego piece. Isn't it enough, to add a label the product and add your software to the device? Maybe it could work, when development boards are cheaper, or the value your solution create is higher than competitors, or you are the first in market. Nonetheless, companies want to lock you up to use their platform. Google and Amazon make no different. They can count on how challenging it would be to change the platform, especially when you have customers and data in place. Some developers will eventually build multi-billionaire business using their microchips, development boards or platforms. Not if, but when it will happen, developers might just keep on going with the platforms and tools they have already learned. When you are developing, innovating or just solving the problem, you need to first find your questions, but which are the right ones? With IoT, development kits are technically ready to use. You can prototype things fast, and those development boards, most often can be connected to manufacturers cloud services to show some simple analytics. As you already should know, since I told you that at the beginning, IoT is not plain device, it contains other layers too. The method I'm telling you next, was developed together with my colleagues in Soltech. We feel, IoT development can seem simple first, but when you really start thinking the problem and IoT layers, it is a huge task. There are so many things to remember. Main goal in this method was to keep it so simple that everyone can use it and hopefully find it valuable. We did not want to create another kind of method what only nerds can understand. Method contains two phases, each having five steps. Since I don't want to take too much your precious time, I'm telling it really short. If you want to know more, please contact me. Phase 1, find what is the problem. 1. Use 6W's method to create questions. These are why, what, where, when, how, and who. 2. Find things around your problem. These are things affecting to your problem. 3. Find actions, verbs describing what you do in problem context. 4. Connect steps with IoT layers such as data, thing, applications, users, and security. 5. Visualize what you did in step 4. Now you should have a lot of questions from problem point of view. It's time to continue into IoT questions. Phase 2, see the problem from IoT layer's point of view. 
1. Use 6W's method to create questions. These are why, what, where, when, how, and who. 2. Find things what IoT can measure or control. These are physical, electrical, chemical or other properties. 3. Find actions what you can do with properties mentioned in step 2. 4. Connect steps together with IoT layers, data, applications, things, user, and security. 5. Visualize questions. When you have written down most important answers for both phases, it's time to start thinking marketing sales and such, you know, a business things. For business plans, I use Lean Canvas method, and so do many startup companies. Earlier, I wrote business plans taken from Finnish Center for Economic Development Transport and the Environment Organization. At the time I was using ones, they were big documents. Lean Canvas is really good method since it does not take as much time as writing traditional business plans, and best of all, you can use it yourself to remember what you are trying to achieve. With traditional business plan, I find it really boring to read such a prosa over and over again. I think, that old business plan template was made investors only. I would be really really happy if you could give a comment or thought what do you think about method? How it should be improved? Thank you.